0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at the Redbeard Outdoors podcast, I talk to you about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors. As I'm on a journey myself, I want to share that with you as you're on your own journey through life as well. Hopefully, you're out enjoying this beautiful fall that we have, the fall weather. If you're hunters, you know this is our time of year. If you're just enjoying the outdoors for what it is, This is also a great time of year because it's not so hot. It's not scorching like the summer and you get to see the changing leaves. I absolutely love that as well from the East coast all the way out West. The mountains are just majestic this time of year. So hopefully you're out enjoying that as well. Guys, today I have an amazing conversation to share with you with John Dudley from knock on archery guys. John is a wealth of knowledge and experience and you know, Archery, just like anything else, guns, etc. there's always going to be different beliefs, different ideologies, but what I like to do is I like to find people that actually have had success and learn from them, learn from their failures, learn from their experiences, and John is one of those guys that just really enjoys teaching, he enjoys coaching, and he enjoys getting better, even though he's hit a pinnacle at multiple times in his life with archery. He is just a wealth of knowledge, so it's been a blast having him on the podcast, having this conversation that I get to share with you. Hopefully, you enjoy it, and guys, even if you're not into archery, you're still going to enjoy this conversation because John is just an amazing guy, and you're going to learn a ton from him. Also, on Tuesdays, we have gear reviews or Tinkering Tuesdays where I talk about mindset, maybe sharing stories. different quotes, etc. And that's the setup of the podcast. If you're new here to the podcast, Tuesdays, Tinkering Tuesdays and Saturdays or Sit Down Saturdays where we have conversations that I share with you from experts in the field to people that are like you and me and are enjoying the journey and have found things that work for them and want to share that story with you as well. So that being said, guys, before we hop into the podcast, uh, the conversation here that I'm going to share with you. I want to also let you know and personally invite you over to the Facebook group. There's two Facebook groups that I'm involved in and really the only reason why I still have Facebook. One of them being, of course, First Form Outdoors. Check the link out down below, guys. You're going to find a great group of individuals that want you to get better on a day-to-day basis, whatever your goals are. And of course, there's outdoors involved in that. So, I'm a firm believer that the outdoors changes lives, getting out there and experiencing it as much as possible. The other group, and I just changed the name of it, it was the Redbeards Fit Crew. Now it is Day One Crew, the Day One Crew because of the Day One Mentality. If you want to know more about that, shoot me a message, email me, and then go join the group. I'd be more than happy to explain to you what the Day One Mentality is, and I'd love to have you over there. With that being said, guys, let's get into the conversation here with John from Knock On Archery and many other things that he's done in his life. PSE Archery, uh, his brand, though, is Knock On. Enjoy this conversation, learn something from it, and have a great one, guys. Here we go. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I've got an outstanding guest today. I really appreciate his time. He's got a lot of stuff going on before the hunts, uh, getting things wrapped up so he can go disappear and. Uh, log out of all anything social so that he can go and uh, slam some animals. So with that being (laughs) said, we've got John Dudley here with Knock On and uh, just a wealth of knowledge. And I, again, appreciate you being on here. But for people that don't know who you are, who are you?
1: (laughs) I'm just a guy that likes to fling projectiles. I'm a projectile enthusiast, preferably stick and string. (laughs) There we go. Perfect. I don't know what else to say, dude. So,
0: yeah i mean you've been shooting bows for a long time Uh, you've had a lot of experience and knowledge and um and things along those lines but i wanted to i was about to ask you a question uh, before we even hopped on recording you're like you should probably start recording just in case so yeah uh with with that i i'm going to lead off with the fact that i understand the last couple weeks since utah attack have been insane for you uh as far as you made some comments and what i find From an outsider perspective, uh, not knowing you extremely well or into the other people that are involved in this supposed beef that, you know, I don't really think is really a beef. I just feel like there's a lot of mixed knowledge out there um, where people are not understanding the difference between, you know, applications of flinging projectiles with a stick and string. You know, there's there's so many ideas out there and there's not really one set particular way to go about doing things. There's so many different ways to skin a cat per se. Uh, But am I correct in thinking that? Cause I don't think there's actually any beef going on there, but people seem to blow up about that. So walk me through what's
1: going on there. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, Well, I just, I spend a lot of time at these total archery challenge events for like the last three years. You know, you can see I've, I've put a lot more of, of, you know, our, our company and my personal, uh, time and effort and resources into the tack because I really, really believe in in it. I really believe that it I feel like it's helping archery grow. You know, the fact that people are out there, the fact it's families, it's big groups, your group. I mean I had to break you guys up. There's like seven hundred <laughs> Redbeard clan coming through there. Um but there I just There's so many, and they're grassroots people, they're families, and they're also, they're out there to shoot, they're out there to challenge themselves, they're out there to get better. And as you know, um, I spend a tremendous amount of my personal time on the range because it's, you know, if they're shooting a knock-on course, I want to shoot with every person that's registered for that course. Um, And I do. So I I get to see ten thousand plus people a year shoot at a target that I'm at, and and I watch a lot of arrow flight. And the one thing that's that's so rewarding for me because so much of what we do as a brand, and honestly, our brand has been established now to where Knock On is giving back to archery. Um, and you know, and we want to give back to archery and everything that we do is to try to help grow archery. So when I see people show up and you know, they, they're shooting a handheld release regardless of brand for the first time, and they're making an awesome shot. I'm like so happy inside. I'm just like, Because, you know, sometimes I'll put my arms around people for a picture. I can feel people are nervous and they're shaking (laughs) and then they get next to me, but they still like make a good shot. They execute a good shot. They don't let the moment like, you know, force them into target anticipation. That is so rewarding. And it's so rewarding seeing the amount of wives that come out the first year with their husbands and they walk and they love the walk and they love the courses then the next year they tag along with a bow and they kind of pick and choose some shots. And normally they're, you know, they move up. They're like, no, I'm not going to shoot from here. I normally talk them into it anyway. Um, <laughs> but then the next year they show up and, and here we are like four years in, a lot of the ladies are and kids, youth are showing up with better gear than dad, you know, and I love that. I just totally love that. It's, it's what fuels me to put in the kind of hours that we do to come to those events for the people. You know, that is a big investment for us. But this last year, it seems like more than any, the amount of people that showed up with arrows that are really overqualified and overpowered for their application and then starting to watch diminishing accuracy on some people because of the fact that their projectile is now becoming even a larger mathematical equation because the arc is higher. The pin gaps have to be that much more precise. The amount of people that show up and like stick a tape on just, you know, the day before (laughs) all these little things, they add up to making people go backwards instead of forwards. And honestly, some of these, and I, I'm normally inquisitive. I'm like, hey, you know, were you shooting those arrows last year? No, you know, I saw this thing and I, you know, I realized I really need to be, you know, above this for an arrow weight. And, I, you know, or they try a different vein configuration or they try something and they don't try it to improve accuracy. They try it because they're being told by a social influencer. Hmm. And honestly, as an industry, I'm I'm taking responsibility, and honestly, that's how all this started. Was when I was driving back um, with my wife, I just said, "Man, I I know I can make people better. I just have to tell them why." And so I took it upon myself to push the industry, and honestly, to help the voices of the archery shops that are also fighting this problem when they're the ones setting people's bows up and they're like, you're trying to combine an apple and an orange and, you know, and you're standing there watching me try to tune this thing. And, and maybe they get it to tune in the range up close, you know, or, or tune quote unquote tune through paper. Um, but then they go home and it, you know, and there's, there's just issues that arise, you know, there's Mm -hmm. people that, Want to tell everyone that a certain vein is the best, but then all of a sudden they don't realize like, you know, the new Matthews, new Hoyts, there's a very fine line of clearance with some of these vein choices when it comes to the newer style rest and the newer style cable rod systems or roller guard systems. So all of a sudden people don't pay attention to like, you know, how their veins are, are, um, kind of oriented when it's on the string so that they actually get that clearance Or they, they have a setup to where any variation in their form or technique causes interference. And then when you cause interference on an arrow that is already hard enough to get to like, like your bow, because listen, the arrow and the, and the bow, that's a relationship. They they have got to get along. You can't, you know, you can, it's like, it's like two employees that hate each other, you can put them in the same room and say, listen, we, we're we trying to go to the same place. You need to get along. <laughs> but like at some point, you got to just be like, listen, they can both do the jobs we need them to do, but let's put this guy with a person that likes this gal or this guy, and let's put this guy over in this department. They all get along. And hey, then you have a productive atmosphere, but... I feel like some of this was going the wrong direction. The industry, the aero companies necessarily weren't totally standing up. Um I had stopped right I stopped writing uh, a lot of these super technical articles once I mm. stopped traveling internationally to coach national teams. And so I just think at some point, this has got a little bit out of control, and I'm just trying to like. Bring people back of like, listen, there's never been a time where the bows themselves are in such unbelievable, like design, innovation, and performance as they are right now. We're in the best era ever shooting a bow. And then all of a sudden we decided to like put some type of an arrow in there that took us back in time. So, what I'm doing is, I'm not trying to say I know it all. Mm-hmm. i know I know what works, and I know what has been very problematic historically either for myself for teams I've worked with for manufacturers that I've worked with, and for archery shops which I've worked with which you know i was i was a rep for the biggest archery manufacturer in the world for ten years you know I had eleven hundred dealers like you know i i i know what the dealers are going through too so I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm putting this on my shoulders. I'm going to go out and I'm going to start shooting live and spilling my heart to people to just start paying attention to the truth because I can shoot it. Like I can do it in front of you live. I can show you. Some of these other YouTube things, They're they're edited. You don't know what happened. And the more I've dug into it, the more I've realized... Some of the people just have such little like historical information to apply that they're more or less just like playing around for the first time, but people are taking it to the bank Mm -hmm. and it's just taking us the wrong way.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. And I, and I appreciate that too. And it's, and the reason why I bring that up, because I, I want people to understand that, like, it's not like Dudley versus the world or, you know, <laughs> in, anything not. like that. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, even working in bow shops, it's funny when people they're like, Oh, well, you know, I work, so I work with uh, wild arrows, my bow shop. They're great, great guys. Shop. Outstanding, great yeah, outstanding individuals. amazing. And, uh, people are like, Oh, well, you know, they obviously don't get along with the two other shops that are really close to them. And uh, knowing the guys, I'm like, they'd go sit down and eat dinner with them and hang out like there. There is no beef there. So yeah. people manufacture this stuff uh, to put it out there, get clicks and all this other stuff. And I, I just wanted to kind of start off there and be like, John isn't that way. He just wants to provide <laughs> good information out there to people. And uh, if you want to go kill hogs, then drive a tank over them, you know, if, if that's what you need to do. But <laughs> I haven't um, seen that yet, but it right. sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know you've got some, you've got a, and I know this episode will probably come out after the one that you have, um, but you've got a bunch of people lined up that you're getting together. Some of the bigger names uh, in the influencer, YouTube, whatever space you want to call it. Um, and yeah, you're any be minute, any them.
1: minute ranch burial launch. And then there you go. Um, an hour after that joel maxfield will launch and then a day after that uh dr peter atia will launch so there you go that and that's
0: awesome you're getting the information out there and it's not like the the elon musk um, mark zuckerberg fight right that's not
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey dude i honestly someone told me about that with troy and i'm you know they're just like what are you guys gonna do and honestly I'm I'm I hopefully I'm professional like I'm I'm in this industry this industry Mm -hmm. is is literally where I've been since I was 18 years old you know started I think we yesterday when I podcasted with Joel I think I was like the third or fourth sales rep ever hired um you know so I I've always tried to attack a lot of these things in the industry professionally and i've learned i mean honestly a a big one i'll tell you right now this this was a big one um was single cams versus cam and a half system you know when the cam and a half system first came out there was some information that was put forward about the cam and a half that was accurate but from a certain point of view Mm. it wasn't necessarily like hopefully that person's okay. Um, it wasn't necessarily like, it wasn't a lie, but it wasn't comparing apples to apples. It compared Mm -hmm. apples to oranges. And so even at that time, when I was at Matthew's, you know, we had this huge campaign that we did that was literally called apples to apples. And we, you know, and what we did was we, we compared different things of the bows, efficiency, knock travels. We, we compared a lot of different things like that. Um, and we brought in, a, we brought in every single writer that would come. We actually brought machines to the ATA and invited other manufacturers to come over hmm. to introduce them to some of the technology that we used in the studying. And, you know, and, and I was luckily part of I mean, I grew up with Matt McPherson as one of my mentors and Joel Maxfield as well, um, both like, you know, moguls in our industry, right? That's like where I started, spent 10 years there. Then immediately um, when I left Matthews, I started JDA International, which was John Dudley Archery International. And I literally started freelancing and consulting for archery companies based Mm. on the jobs that I did at Matthews, which was when I left, I was an international sales and marketing manager. I had been, um, a regional manager domestically. Um, and then I shot professionally at the time when I left, I think I had like a number two world ranking or something. And I had a lot of like direct connection to the industry all in all facets. And when I left Matthews and started JDA so that I could honestly have more time to go work with teams and have more time to compete, it wasn't in Matthews' car. Honestly, looking back, I think they probably would have handled it differently. But, you know, Matt was kind of like, if I can't have you, I'm not going to, you know, like if you're not going to work in-house, you're not going to work here at all type thing. And, and, um, and I wanted to just consult for Matthews, but be on my own, if I'm honest, and that didn't work out, so i I honestly went i went interviewed with with botech, p s e and Hoyt. all three of them like contacted me within three days of of news getting out that I had left. and so then i went i went with Hoyt. i that's i really you know i lo- I had good friends there i I competed with several of their engineers. Uh, one of my best friends was the one that designed the cam and a half, Darren Cooper. Um, his best friend. And one of my very close friends was Zach Kurtzall, who is now the president of Hoyt. But when I went to Hoyt, I worked directly under Mike Looper and Randy walk. So I worked there. Um, and honestly, like within, I'll just tell you within one day of me leaving Matthews, I officially worked for Carter. Trophy Taker, Winner's Choice, Easton, Hoyt. Um, I think there was nine that hired me. Wow. So with those different companies, I managed, uh, pro staff budgets. I've did, you know, international sales and marketing. I did international ad layouts and I constructed pro staffs for different companies. That's what I did. And none of that was like forward in the industry. And honestly, I still do. I still do. I get hired to come in as a consultant and look at what the archery, what that company's doing. And I use my expertise that I've had for 30 years and, and I, I try to help them, you know, I try to help them if they're tight in budgets. Honestly, some projects are just R and D. So it's like, even a company that you might think is my, like a product I don't like, they'll still hire me to come in and give them advice or to actually put their products to test, um, which I think is critical. And there's some great companies out there that are like, Hey, we know you don't like our product, but we want you to like our product. (laughs) So can you work with us on this new one so that we can bring forth something that, you know, that has those things that you like, which some of these partnerships you see me with with certain companies where knock on offers those products that's where they came forward and said you know Hmm. like knock on custom archery is taking a product that i really like but improving the little things that might be different so you know throughout that i've learned like how to work with people some people have opinions and when they have opinions it's normally not because they're an idiot. It's because, like you know, I, well, I made this example. my son is is on his uh, second year of his doctorate in science, but he's already he already has seven college years in with a double major in biology and chemistry. Wow, and some of the stuff he brings home, he'll start talking to me, and I'm just like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and and he even says, he he's like, when people talk to me about science, I realize pretty fast, like what their level is. But then I also realize like what mine is, because when I start talking to my professors, I'm like, I don't know what I don't know. Mm. And so that's kind of what happened. And right away, like, for example, Ranch Ferry, right away he was tagged and he reached out. You know, he's like, I want to know what you're doing i know you know i know you probably won't even respond to me but you know man i i'm very curious about an uh a conversation so i called him and i said listen i'm all about having a conversation dude i'll be an open book to you but like i am not going to be clickbait. i'm not going to talk to you in an like as an alias i'm not going to mm-hmm. deal with the character Let's have a a very good communication. And honestly, we had a great communication. Um, You know, I think, you know, Troy even told me today, I sent, I actually sent Troy the podcast description because it's not like super positive to him. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, dude, that's totally fair. And he's like, I learned a lot from you and I want to learn more. And, and honestly, he's reached out and said, can I send you my spreadsheets to where you will start collecting data for me based on the arrows you're choosing and the projectiles you choose. And I'm like, absolutely, dude. And I, and honestly, I offered to go down to Texas and do a bow build for Troy and give him archery lessons, um, so that he has proper technique, you know, and Mm -hmm. and when he's actually shooting an arrow, like the technique is good enough so that the data is actually accurate. You know what I mean? So shooting machines are great, but, but they're also, They're like, that isn't what shoots a bow. They're Mm -hmm. shooting machines have a purpose, but like incorrect or insufficient archery form also has a very important purpose to these tests because some people can have improper facial pressure, the direction of their release hand, their grip pressure, like you name it, not to mention Um, we showed one thing where, um, someone had posted a YouTube video, a a very popular, uh, social media channel, uh, very popular. And, you know, when I played this back, it's like their knock fit and the weight of that arrow in slow motion. Cause I, I have software that I can slow everything, like way Mm -hmm. the freak down. Yeah. It like pulled the string all the way past the string stopper to the side of it. But, like, no one in this YouTube video noticed that. They all took mm. came away with the fact that this 700-grain arrow cracked a bone harder than anything else or whatever it was. And I'm just like, okay, well, before the arrows even left the string, that's the problem. Like, mm-hmm. that is affecting accuracy. Like, let's forget about the, any of that stuff. Let's talk about, like, what can help you actually deliver a clean arrow through the air. Yep.
0: Yeah. No, that's, and it's a lot of amazing information. That's the other thing too, that, that I've found and it's across the board, just as adults in general, as human beings, clear communication is, is key and, and being willing to learn, especially recognizing, I mean, the fact that you've been in the archery industry, as long as I've been alive um kind of blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's it you know it it's amazing to and I I've, I've heard some of your story as far as how you got started, your dedication to it and and you're willing to share that knowledge and go and help, you know, other people um in a I guess a, a non-biased way. Like you're just using your knowledge, your experience to yeah. show people how you're doing things and it's not a, you know, my way is the only way but it is a, here's what I've found works way. Yeah. And, and, and that's a great way to have a conversation with people rather than like you said, clickbait or um, trying to be something that you're not. Uh, and, and I know, um, well, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about fitness as well because I want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't <laughs> think people have really talked to you about that much, uh, but since I saw you last year and then the year before that, like you have gone through a whole transformation um, that I want to dabble on. But before we go there, is there anything else that you wanted to to mention on this whole, uh, quote unquote beef? <laughs> I,
1: I, Hey, I like conversations. I wish I could do them more. It just, it kind of like comes down to time. And to be honest with mm-hmm. you this year, um, the reason I've been like, so in front of people during this first part of August is normally there's a tack at the end of July. And when I come back from that, I always like, allocate a certain window of time for only family and i just turn off because i've been you know i've been hustling um but this year since TAC got done like a week and a half earlier two days or or two weeks earlier because big sky wasn't you know literally like last week or whenever it normally be um i just you know honestly i kind of told people that asked like people that that you know dm'd me and asked about a podcast i'm like listen i have I have this window of time. I will do whatever I can for you. But like once that window of time passes, mm-hmm. I'm going to be working or skinning something, I hope. <laughs> yep,
0: exactly. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely recognize that. And, and the fact that you travel to all these TAC events, I would agree with your comment at the beginning where you're saying Total Archery Challenge is making an impact on people. Um, I love the fact that it puts people in different scenarios or even real life scenarios that they're going to go in. Uh, You know, some people travel from the East Coast, travel from Texas, flatlanders, basically, and they come out to Utah or Big Sky and they realize their third axis is off. Uh, They realize this, (laughs) that or the other that they're not used to. Right, yeah, oh yeah, real quick, and uh, you know they also realize that the arrow flies a little bit higher because there's less, you know, uh, pressure from the air. All of these things that go into uh, the little technicalities of archery, and and they were willing to stake thousands of dollars on an elk hunt that they may only be able to do once in their lifetime, and yeah. so they're kind of prepping for that and realizing all the things that they don't notice shooting at sea level on flat ground consistently. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I agree with you that total archery challenge and then the other events too, like mountain archery fest and the other ones that are coming up are amazing for people to be able to show up to. And I always encourage people, if there's a local one, even if you don't want to travel for it, go to it and test yourself, you know, keeping score isn't necessarily about winning per se, like winning a prize, but it's more about how good did you shoot? Did you, did you hit where you were aiming basically? Yeah. Yeah. If not, why not?
1: Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's where my heart is, you know, if not, why not? Like, you know, there's so many awesome tools. The gear is so freaking good. Um, you know, which like that was an easy, it, it wasn't an easy test, but like that day where I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to go on this ramp, but if I'm going to do it, I want to make sure it applies to everybody. So like, I'm just like, okay, first things first, let's just talk helical. You know, let's talk about all these people that are spending two hours, you know, clocking their arrows coming out of the the bow and like buying a whole different serving tool and chain you know stripping all their stuff off and doing this. Well there's two days you could have actually focused on proper technique. But what I did was I took a RX seven phase four and a levitate and literally shot all three of those bows at 70 meters with a right and left helical on the exact same arrows. And then I took, uh, a like an America's best string, which is twisted counterclockwise. So it does give you a slightly different, um, you know, rotation out of, out of the bow. And so then I just like shot them all live, you know, and I, I think I, I think I was just under 500 arrows that I shot that day. And I just, you know, the thing is, it's like most people can't even shoot the group that I shot down there with all of them mixed together.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: i'm like listen this yeah to some people does it make sense that if it's naturally wanting to turn that way you should let it sure um and you can like you can if you want to but it's not it's not going to change downrange accuracy because it's been my experience that you actually want to you want the paradox of the arrow to stabilize prior to immediate immediate rotation because if front end and back end are above or below center and it's rotating for mm. me. That's like when I watch high speed stuff, some of that stuff starts to get a little bit finicky. And then when you like super load the front of it and you know, you're thrusting a light back end with a heavy front end, that arrow starts to, you know, have some kind of weird bends in it that, that really take a long time to, to end up stabilizing.
0: All right, pardon the brief interruption here, but I want to bring to you and give a shout out to all the amazing companies that I get to work with on a regular basis. I aim for quality, and I want you guys to understand that. I want you to know that the companies that I recommend, it's not due to being paid by these companies or being asked to advertise certain things. I work with companies that I believe in, I use their gear, Or their nutritional supplementation and I want to share that with you so here we go of course first form and first form outdoors guys come join us over at first form outdoors Facebook group if you don't have Facebook shoot me an email I'd love to get you in on the weekly calls first form just makes the best supplements on the market when you're up on the mountain you definitely want a post-workout shake when you get off of the mountain while you're making your your meals you want to make sure you have your micronutrients on point when you are hunting so, definitely want you guys to check that out. Check out the link down below. You get free shipping for life when you use the link on any orders over 75 bucks. Also, Alpen Fuel and Heather's Choice. Those are my top two meals in the backcountry whenever I'm out hunting. I love those meals. Clean ingredients, great macros. Make sure you hit your recovery there as well. Black Ovis, best conglomeration of all of the things that have to do with outdoors and hunting from clothing. I love their lightweight setups with Merino and their pants. They've got backpacks, glassing and more boots, crispy boots that I rock. Go check them out. Guys code redbeard 10 will save you money and free shipping on anything over $50 all in digiscoping best digiscoping on the market. The Bino adapter is coming out very soon. Go check it out. Code redbeard to save some money initial ascent best pack backpacks on the market guys by far go check them out and use code Redbeard as well A3 archery bowstrings favorite strings no stretch no need to wax them they're waxless just awesome and they hold tension no loss in poundage go check them out a3 archery bowstrings Cryptek my go-to camo but also day-to-day wear they've got some amazing pieces of gear and clothing. Go check out Cryptek, Castro Glassing Systems, Dark Energy. If you guys need that battery, the Poseidon Pro or even the Poseidon Nano, go check them out, guys. Use code Redbeard to save some money. Go ruck those McCalls or those Macalls are the best shoe for EDC. For me personally, I rock them every single day. Trail running, they are great for rucking. They have some great tread, wider toe box. Excellent shoe. Go check out Go Ruck, code Redbeard Ten, Sheep Feet Custom Orthotics, My Medic, Canvas Cutter, guys. That thing is outstanding. Get a cot from Teton Sports, get Canvas Cutter, and you're good to go during hunting season if you're hunting back from the truck. Affect Beard Oil, Muley Freak Bino Harness, the game changer, Bow Hunters United, Joy Bees, and of course the Bow Hitch, guys. Thank you so much for listening in on this. I just want to give a shout out to all the sponsors of the show. If you can't support monetarily, again, go leave a review. I appreciate it. Have an awesome day. And let's get back into the conversation here. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, that's all amazing information. I know um, you've got databases just of your own personal uh, stuff that you've recorded, stuff that you worked with in a lab. Um, I think you posted something the other day of when you were shooting in Oakley. Uh, with, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, with their glasses. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was actually a, a penetration test doing R and D for a. a it might have been a SEAL team, or it might have been a mm. Delta team for a certain helmet. I mean, honestly, I'm based on the time. I mean, it damn near could have been like when. Uh, it could have been like when jaco's team was in ramadi or something dude i don't Hmm. it was like really close that time and it was all urban warfare so intel was hey these guys have bows and they're shooting from elevated position at our people like what could happen which an arrow in kevlar is just like nothing (laughs) like it's Mm -hmm. butter if it's if it's any of our gear with kevlar like good freaking luck if it's a cut on impact head it's just like kevlar doesn't stand a chance to arrows it does the bullets it does not to arrows so hmm. it was a it was a viable intel but uh none of these things stood the test i mean i had arrows sticking out of the heads of all these crash test dummies <laughs> and uh and i mean even out to 100 yards shooting across the whole parking lot um same thing you know i just kept wow. signing all these helmets and glasses and just said you're dead too you're dead <laughs>
0: dead <laughs> man that's crazy that's, yeah that's awesome you've had some you've had some pretty cool experiences even off the out of the spotlight of shooting so that that's really cool um well i want to dive into something that i've i've wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, as far as health and fitness is concerned, because yeah. like I said, over the past couple of years of seeing you in person, you're already a giant, you know, you could like put that Sasquatch suit on and, and, uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> and might. <stand> out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but with, with that being said, you've lost some weight, but not just getting skinny fat. Like you have, I mean, you've filled out and you're, you're not 30, obviously you told me you got 30 years of experience. So, uh, what, what is, what's going on there? What have you done? What have you changed? And, uh, how have you so, felt?
1: So, so, I mean, I guess just for the record, um, like right now, this is, this is actually like my personal office. I'll show this. Cause I, I showed, I showed Dan too, and he podcasted with me, but like, you know, this is like my personal office. So fitness, fitness is like, you know, I grew up a football player, you know, I grew mm. up a football fa- player. My family were, my family are like standout athletes. Um, my dad's a high school hall of famer, you know, he had a, he had a triple scholarship and then, you know, and then ended up going to Nam. Okay. So, um, but my family's very athletic. I was supposed to play college football too, but you know, that's a weird story in itself and ended. up you know, going to work for an archery shop for like four bucks an hour. Um, (laughs) so I've always like lifted and I love fitness and there was a pretty small window of my life where I kind of fell into like the archery, like out of shape. Like, you know, I, I, I got up to like a 38, you know, waist, which for me, you know, when I was, when I was in high school, I had, I wore 30 38 pants. You know, I had like a, t- a small waist and long ass legs. Um, <laughs> but when my waist size matched my inseam, I was mm. like, dude. And I started seeing pictures of myself where, like, you know, the front shoulders like compressed and the belly's like hanging out. I'm just like, I got to get back <laughs> on track. And I ended up going, I ended up like, getting on track, luckily about a year and a half, I kind of got back into pretty good shape about a year and a half before, uh, the Arnold classic brought archery into the Arnold classic. So this was like, I think it was like 2005, 2006. It might've been four and five. I'm not sure. Um, but the Arnold classic, I mean, if you're into fitness, you know what the Arnold classic is. It's the biggest non, um, Olympic sporting event. Hmm. anywhere it's actually i think it's bigger than the world games um which i've competed there too um but i got invited they they started out by inviting the top 40 uh men and top 40 female pros to come do an to do archery at the arnold classic um i won the first one and when i won the first one arnold and his old archery training buddy, Frank Zane, who was like, you know, honestly, I looked up to Frank Zane a lot because my first, uh, my first workout equipment was a solo flex and, uh, (laughs) Frank Zane was like solo flex commercials, dude. So I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, so yeah, I remember like junior high, you know, trying to max out on three bands (laughs) with my buddies, you know, getting under there and just trying to stretch a freaking rubber band. Um, but, I loved fitness and luckily I'd got into pretty good shape. I met Frank and Frank and Arnold ended up having this little like row, like I'm sure they did anytime they competed each other. And they ended up saying next year, head to head, me and you here, we will shoot off after finals. We'll have a, we'll have like a, a four end like shoot off. So I was like, all right, this is going to be cool. Well, as soon as Arnold walked away, Frank came over and he goes, you won this. You know what you're doing. I want lessons cuz I'm not losing to that guy. <laughs> and and so I'm just like, "All right, I live in Wisconsin. Do you want to come get lessons? I've got an indoor range and everything." And he goes uh he's like, "Actually, I'm doing a seminar in in Minnesota in Minneapolis at a gym and like at a Gold's Gym or something, like whatever it was." A couple months later, So Frank actually came to my house, um, for four days and he did that for a reason. Um, one, I wanted to coach him, um, which he loves archery, great guy, great friend. Um, but what was really cool is Frank said, when you wake up, I'm going to tell you what to do and when you, and we're going to go shopping and I'm going to watch what you put in the cart and I'm going to tell you the do's and don'ts. So I did that with Frank. And I got in, gr- in great shape. Um, and one of the things prior to that next year, one of the things that Frank and Arnold both told me that was so important, because I think I had just turned like 31 or 32. They're like, if you can make it a goal to be in the best shape of your life at 40 compared to 30, then you'll be on a course to where you'll continually get better every year. And you won't go so hard that you injure yourself and you prevent the next decade because both of them said our regret is like kind of how hard, how hard and heavy and reckless we were when we didn't know Mm -hmm. any better. And now like their inability, especially like in their lower back and their legs and hips, you know, on, you know, some of the stuff, some of the techniques at that time put a lot of strain in those area areas. So he's like, you know, if you can maintain all that. So I, uh, I actually did get in better shape at 40 than I was at 30. Um, and then what happened was probably, I guess it was, um, I guess it was about 18 or 19 months ago. Now it was, it was January and I was in Texas, uh, doing a black rifle event. It was actually a cooking contest thing. And I was down there and I, I told one of them, one of the people that was on my team, I said, you know, I'm considering doing the carnivore or something. I'm like, but I just don't know if, like, I just don't think the carnivore would be like, uh, sustainable for me in a hunting situation because during certain times of year, Mm -hmm. you know, I might be, I I just kind of live out of a backpack, you know, so, um, or my truck. So he told me, he's like, you know, I've tried them all. We're very, the, me and him were very similar in in stature. Um, Clancy is his name. If for any black rifle people, you might know Clancy. So fancy Clancy. Um, so Clancy <laughs> said, dude, I did keto and he goes, when I did it, it matched my body. Like perfect. He's like, I freaking shed weight. I got right down. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do keto. So then I decided to do it. And in doing so, I like mentioned it to two people. I mentioned it to Rogan and I mentioned it to Andy Stumpf. Both of them said, we've tried it. We liked it, but man, we just didn't have the energy to be able to like have fuel in the tank. And I just said, okay, well, I'm just going to do it and see how I feel. And I really wanted to reduce inflammation because inflammation is at my age is really starting to kill my archery. You know, when mm-hmm. I have inflammation, when like my shoulder has like a really, really dull, dull, dull pain because my right labrum is gone and my left labrum, wow. my left shoulder got completely rebuilt, but it actually, I think is, is, I think something is gone again, personally. Um, and it comes from like, you know, if I build Rogan's bow at 28 inches and 95 pounds, like I shoot (laughs) it, you know, I shoot, I, so, or if I'm like building my wife's bow, you know, it's like 26 inches. Um, so like the short stuff, like even this motion right now hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's like kind of hurt me a little bit. And I, I kind of thought, well, I'm not, I'm not really worried about it. And because those guys said that, What happened was when I came in the weight room and maybe this is the key, I don't know, but my mental, like, I guess my, my mental direction going into keto is dude, don't go backwards in any weights. Like, cause I, you know, if you work out, you know about where you're at on the racks, you Mm -hmm. know, you know where you're at on the pinholes. So I'm like, I marked them with chalk and honestly I took, I took my 80, 90s and 100, I took them off my rack and they're literally next to my bench. And those are like my adjustable bench. And those are the only things I move. And I'm like, you know, no matter what, like you can't go over there and go backwards. You have to like stay. So I just really focused on sustaining exactly the strength that I had. I didn't want to change my strength. I just wanted to change my health. Mm-hmm. you know, kind of where I was at health wise and inflammation wise. And honestly, within a few months, just, I realized that keto for me is like perfect for me. Um, I love eating it that I love eating keto. It has the foods I like. And honestly, I've, I never got along well with like fried foods, white flowers or any mm-hmm. type of starch. Um, especially like white pastas, I just get very bloated. Um, you know, it takes a long time to digest. Normally I'd, I'd wake up a few hours after I went to sleep and, you know, my heart would be beating kind of hard and I'd be like ballooned out. None of that is like, all that is long, long, long gone. Um, so I went keto and literally I, all I'm doing is I'm the exact same strength as I always was when I was 250 pound dud. Um, the difference is now I'm like, I have pretty much stabilized. I I mean, I don't try to lose weight. I don't try. Sorry. That's my bad. It always happens. I don't try to lose weight. Um, I, I, I stopped. I, I stopped. Did you go away, dude?
0: Nope. I'm right here.
1: Okay. Sorry. You went away on the screen. Um, so I just, I'm like right at 200. My weight has stopped there. I'm doing the same thing. And I just focus on keeping my strength at a level to where I'm not like overly sore. I can still train. I can still practice. Um, and what I did add, I did add, um, and this was again from fancy Clancy said, if you want to like, add one thing that can, that can help you like lose some of the initial weight. He said, uh, just start rucking, which mm-hmm. normally I would ruck prior to season. But at that time, what I did was I, I just put a, I think I started just at full, I don't think I was full incline when I started, but like now what I do is I put my, my treadmill on max incline. I'm up to three point eight is what I can walk at now. Wow. So I walk at three point eight with with a fully double weighted CrossFit vest. And I do that four times a week for 30 minutes. And you know, if I decide to do any other like exercise that's not just moving weights, um, I've either got like my ski erg, the rower, I'll do one or two of those things and then I'll do a I'll normally bike. You know, I'll get on a bike in the morning. If I open up my, turn my phone on, turn it off, you know, do not disturb, turn airplane mode off. I get on the bike and I just sit there and just pedal and like read and just, you know, try to just get 20 minutes of, you know, making the quads fill up and dude, I'm in the best shape of my life. And I've literally changed nothing. Nothing except for those things. I, you know, it's just keto for me has been amazing. Um, several of my friends have done it now. Um, so John Barclow, I don't know if you know, John Mm -hmm. Barclow, total transformation, um, John Barclow. And then I'm trying to think one other person. So me and John together have lost a hundred pounds. Wow. Um, currently and John, I got John on it in April. Um, and then, and he even told me, he's like, dude, this is freaking nuts. He's like, I can't wait to hunt this way. Cause listen, I can hunt, I can fill my backpack with like baby bell cheese. Um, like a square thing of mixed nuts. There's some that are better than others. I don't like Mm -hmm. the ones with all the peanuts in there. Um, so you know, get a good one. And then um, beef jerky, you know, there's like, there's tons of different ones. Rogan just introduced me to a new one. Um, That's really good too. So I can like live out of my backpack with those things and I'm totally good to go. That's awesome.
0: And you don't feel like, so I, I did keto. uh, It's been a couple years now at this point, I haven't tried it again. Uh, But when I did it, I recognized that, I had problems with my early morning workouts. And to the point where one time it wasn't CrossFit, but it was similar where we were moving weights fast, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and I got lightheaded and had to sit down. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the one thing that I found that didn't work out necessarily for me. But do you ever have any, do you feel like you've, you've lost energy or do you have a strategy to get through that while you're out hunting?
1: Well, for me, listen, last year, zero, like last year was the hardest hunting season I've ever had. And it was for a number of reasons. One is I spent several years like mentoring people. So I was doing a Mm. lot of hunts with other people trying to get them their first elk or whatever it was. And because of that, a lot of these hunts would come down to like the last day and I'd be like, dude you got to go out on your own. I have one day to fill this tag, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was kind of like settling all the time. And as much as I love the mentorship, I just hadn't really been for me. Um, I was in like bigger camps, like more commercialized, like outfitters where the groups really big, or there's, you know, tons of media teams there. And it was just like, it's just not my roots. So this past year, I just kind of told that, told a lot of, people. Um, hey, you guys know how to you know how to hunt. You got friends that can hunt. You got places to go. Um, if I see you there, awesome. I want to hunt for me this year. And everyone yeah. was just like, dude, thanks for all your help. Get after it. So last year I got after it. I mean last year um started on August twenty fifth in Alberta and between August 25th and September 25th, I think I had done like 532,000 steps. I think I'd done like just, I think I'd done like just under a hundred miles in a boat rowing, um, you know, a couple hundred miles on a bike pedaling. And then the rest of it was just freaking humping. And it was my best fall I've ever had. And dude, like fasting is no issue for me. And what happens supposedly is a lot of people that try keto and listen, it's probably not for everybody, Yeah, yeah. you know, and but like, it's a mental, there's a mental side of it. And, and honestly, like Barklow loves that, um, which is why he's him and his wife now are just like, they're like, we're all in like, this is a game changer, There comes a point where like your body's in ketosis, but it also kind of knows that there's a chance you're going to go back. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: think, I think it's inner bitch is saying, okay, I'm going to make you lightheaded for a second. Mm -hmm. See if you back out and give me a freaking Cinnabon, damn it. (laughs) Um, but. What, what I felt was like, after I got like past four or five months, it's almost like I hit a whole new gear that I didn't know mm. was actually there. And, um, and so I had Peter Atia, Dr. Peter Atia. I don't know if you've ever listened to Peter Atia. i the name. Okay. So Peter, I had Peter Atia actually, um, the last two Aprils when I was at the Texas TAC, he has actually ran like all my blood work and stuff. And he even told me, he's like, dude, you're like so perfect on where you're at. And he was actually surprised. He's like, I can't believe like how much you got in the tank. Um, because you know, most people say they struggle with it. But then he told me about some research of some French, uh, cyclist that, once they were in ketosis for like more than six months, their, their output actually started to increase, um, pretty noticeably because mm-hmm. you're, according to him, and I may be saying this wrong, I'm not a doctor, but he said that once your body is fully converted over to using fat for your energy source, it's like easily burnable. Um, but it has to like, it ha- there's time. To not just change like your diet, Mm -hmm. but also time to like literally change the, your freaking computer processor of like, okay, this is a whole new reprogramming. It's not just, you know, a new material. It's a whole new program. And I personally think that because I did it so long without like faltering, I actually stopped. You really do need to like stop drinking to totally do it. You don't have to. especially if you like focus on, so I have like a couple different dry wines that I buy from Mm. Seco wine club. The one I like is called Palo. They have like three different color wines, but they're literally like 0.25 grams of sugar, 0.26 of carbs per like four ounce glass. So you can have like wine, you know, with like a steak or something like that, or especially that kind. It's not going to kick you out of ketosis, but I just went all in 90 days. I did no alcohol, um, just strict keto. And I think when I did that, I think it reset me to where I feel like I didn't have any of that stuff that you're you're talking about.
0: Okay, cool. No, that's awesome. But I think it's going to take
1: time, personally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, anytime you make some change like that, don't go do that before hunt season.
1: Anyone (laughs) out there listening? It's like like... (laughs) like going out with a brand new pair of boots. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Except for crispies. Honestly, crispies have been pretty damn like freaking lace them up and go and, you know, that's been horrible.
0: I, I didn't believe that until I actually did it just to kind of mess around. It was on a backpacking trip, not necessarily a hunt. Um, so I kind of didn't have as much skin in the game, uh, but I, yeah, I, I didn't have any issues with my Crispies when I laced them up because I was a little skeptical. I'm like, ah, that's a marketing thing, but no, yeah. it's it, You know, I haven't had any issues. But uh, no, that that's really cool, man, to hear hear your journey on that. And I think a lot of people too in the archery community, especially as you get more Midwest and Eastern, don't recognize how important health is. And the biggest yeah. thing with that is just the idea of you want to do it longer. You want to have more time to do it. And so to be able to do that, you need to be healthy yourself. You need to make sure you're taking care of your body. And I try and stress that to people. I'm like, you don't necessarily have to be able to squat 400 pounds, deadlift a thousand pounds. Like you don't need to do all of that. You don't need to be a master at CrossFit, but shed some weight. Everyone wants to spend thousands of dollars to shed weight in their pack. Why don't you spend a little bit of time every day in the kitchen to shed some weight off your gut? Like that, that's a lot cheaper and it's, it's going to give you time in the long run, um, to be able to, to do things that you love, uh, for a longer period of time. And so I love that you said, you know, have that goal. You had some great mentors, by the way, Frank Zane, (laughs) (laughs) that's like top notch right there. Uh, but getting, having that goal of being healthier in your forties than you were in your thirties and then just making that progress, not looking at it like it's a, a limiting factor, um, you know, like most people do, you look around and you could see three different 50 year olds and you're like, that guy took care of himself. This guy's going to die at 60. And this guy, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, you can, It it's pretty simple to see. And everyone yeah. gets in this mindset of, well, my joints are falling apart and this and that. And like, yes, there's wear and tear, but what did you do to invest in yourself when you recognize that you needed to invest in yourself kind of deal? So yeah, you've done a great job. It looks
1: like. And don't be um, don't be fooled. Some of your aches and ailments, like mine, were inflammation within those old joints. And when that's gone, the joints don't feel near as like ready to blow out at any given time. Yeah. So, Frank, when I started, um, what I did in my thirties wasn't keto, and I actually gotten I got in very good shape. I wasn't I wasn't in the shape I am now, but I think I I was probably. I would say within fifteen pounds of it. And I I you know, some dudes, especially younger guys, like now, I'm just like I'm I'm at the age now where I'm thinking if I get like bulky and I'm like trying to put on muscle, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna be worrying at fifty of like how hard I'm gonna have to actually like I'm not gonna be able to have a life to maintain that. So I'm exactly. I'm actually trying to visualize what strength do I wanna have throughout my fifties. And that's really where I'm at. But one of the, what Frank started me on was something that's definitely doable for anybody else. There's a couple like real simple practices that I started to put to use that totally changed everything. So the first one was called um a, it was just a a process called having. Okay. So what he did was he told me he's like, listen, if you're not ready to give up like carbs and junk food, then if you could at least start out by just taking half of what comes in front of you that you know is a bad carb or a bad sugar, no matter what, when you order it, it comes out, you take half of it and you put it to the side, enjoy the half. Mm. So like, honestly, I used to, um, I would, and I, now I do this without the bottom bun, but like, let's say I went and got a hamburger. I would take the hamburger. I'd take the, you know, I'd take the top bun off the big bun. And normally what I would do is like, or what I do is I'd like tip it over. I'd like take the bottom off, flip it back over, take the top off, put the bottom, you know, put the bottom of the bun, the thinner part on the top. And I would eat the hamburger. Mm-hmm. And then If it came out and there was this much fries, I would just slide my knife through there and do that and put the half of the fries over on the plate with the bun, the other half of the bun. I started out with stuff like that. Or if I ordered it, you know, if I ordered a a diet Coke or something, um, which I haven't had like any of that in like a long ass time, but I, it would, I would drink half of it and then I would drink water. You know, I just like, Mm -hmm. it was having that. That's what it was. And. That in itself starts to actually help you like not count calories, but control them. So I would do that. The other thing he told me was he's like, you know, it's easy to always park the farthest away. Mm -hmm. And so go to a Walmart, park on the end of the parking lot. Don't walk in, jog in, jog Hmm. up. So, you know, I would... Park in the furthest spot, I would jog in. I it was awesome. I always it's still found only a place, like three dude. steps for you. Yeah. But, I, you know. I always I always found a place. And the other thing too was he said, you know, make sure he goes, anytime you feel hungry, you know that you're literally at the point that you've been fighting to get to. So be happy that you got there. So he's like, if you can, he goes, when I was trying to always cut weight, he goes, if I could always make myself hungry one time a day and power through mentally, I knew that I stayed strict. I was disciplined. And he's like, and in the end, it wasn't like a necessity. And he's like, and what happens if you make yourself hungry one time a day and push past it, honestly, in this era, well, now you're actually getting close to what people refer to as fasting right usually that hunger comes at that time where your body's like not necessarily needing it it just wants Mm -hmm. it so if you can make it not want it once a day that's a good goal to have so i started with those three things he's like dude will you do these three things for me and let's see where you're at in a month and a half and i was in i was in a place where i'm like i saw results so then it was easy you know
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I I preach to people, simple is sustainable. You know, you don't necessarily need to jump all in on whatever it is, whether it be archery, fitness, nutrition. You don't need to like flip the switch all of a sudden and change everything. You know, take small, simple steps just like that. I love the idea of having things and, um, you know, jogging into the store and. Uh, get over that little, uh, maybe you feel a weird running into the store, but, um, you know, get over that
1: and and realize sprint all out, take some (laughs) old lady out or run into a car, but there's a difference between like walking like a turtle and like walking, like you're on a ruck.
0: Well, you mean walking like this? Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing that I did too. And honestly, Mm -hmm. this was something that Frank told me because, um, I'd remember, I remember I had just got like one of the Motorola flip phones, the little gray ones. <laughs> uh, and I had that thing in the gym, you know, and it was kind of like pretext, but people, people had access to you. Yeah. And he told me, he's like, Hey man, if you make it a reward for you to get to turn that on when your workout's done, then you're going to have better workouts and if you really need to get to that phone then you'll you won't fart around with your workout you're going to make your workout efficient and so i still do that you know i still do that a lot and i i still honestly i still do that at times where like i have a lot of like projects that i need to need to do like right now i've got a couple friends that are like am i going to get my bow before hunting season and i'm like yes, I'll turn my phone off and, (laughs) and, and do it. I mean, my, I apologize for my phone going off. That's, that's with do not disturb and airplane mode. So like, I have no no idea who has like full access to like ram through no matter what, but some, somebody does. So Somebody needs your attention. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, um, I'd love to, after hunting season next year, let's get one on the On the docket to get you scheduled up again, Um, because man, you you are a wealth of knowledge, and we didn't even skim the surface. I feel like, yeah, I feel
1: like you didn't ask me much for questions, man. I know, I know. What else you got? Unfortunately,
0: got a hard stop that that I have to go to. So Oh, you um, do, dang. Yeah, I have a 9 to 5. I'm not cool like you where I get to just <laughs> work on bows my for my my whole living, but I'll get there. Maybe after 30 years of experience. I'll I'll get to that I'm point.
1: I'm on I'm on uh, a 4 to 6 freaking plan right now, dude. Yeah, it right. doesn't <laughs> it doesn't get better. Yeah, it doesn't exactly, get better.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But uh yeah, we'll have to definitely dive more into this um, but I'm excited for you uh, for your fall, things you've got going on. Um, definitely go spend some time with your family, man, cause that's, <laughs> you've been all over the country, uh, this summer. So, um, have a, have a blast. And again, thank you so much for hopping on. Where can people find you, um, that are looking for you? Uh, they probably already yeah, know where you are. Knock,
1: but. knock on archery for YouTube, knock on archery for our website. Um, the website has a ton of, you can go into a, a side where you can watch videos, or you can go into the store side. It's actually a, you know, it kind of splits off when you go to the little hamburger and you select whether you want to go into school, knock or the store. Um, the knock on archery YouTube channel obviously is awesome. Knock on TV for IG and all about free archery education. If you want to learn archery for free, you know, giving you a hundred percent, like this is my personal opinion on what can make you better. um, that's really what I'm all about. So awesome. Well, hopefully I love it. it can help someone.
0: I love it, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And thanks again for your time. Uh everyone out there, I'm gonna leave the links down below. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And as I always say, get out, live your life, and love it.
1: <laughs> thanks, man. See you
0: Wow. Uh that was just outstanding. I loved having this conversation with John, and we're definitely gonna have to do a second episode or more to delve into it even more. Uh, we, there's so many things that we didn't even touch on in this conversation, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you're an archer guys, go check out John Dudley's stuff over at knock on, he knows his stuff and you know what? I love learning from people who have way more experience than me because then I don't have to go through these failures. I can learn from theirs and get better even quicker. So go check out John's stuff. I'm going to leave his links down below where you can go find knock on archery Of course, we both shoot PSE. It's our favorite bows. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's what I killed my bull with this year. Um, I absolutely love the cam system. The carbon is the lightest carbon out there, uh, etc. Guys, so go check out Knock On and, of course, PSE Archery. And With that being said, guys, if you haven't joined the fall challenge, the fall challenge for First Form Outdoors, your transformation challenge. You have the chance to win $50,000. There's still a couple days left to enter. Go check it out. The link is down below. Get into that challenge. Change your life. Don't wait till the new year. Don't let this last quarter of the year slip you by. Use these next three months to get better. I also want to invite you to First Form Outdoors on Facebook and, of course, the Day One Crew on Facebook. That's my personal group page. I say personal, but it's our group and the day one mentality of you can either say one day I'm going to do this or today is day one of my journey. So guys, love to have you over there. Have an amazing weekend. Get outside. Enjoy the fall. And if you're hunting, good luck out there. Shoot straight. Hopefully you're able to fill your tag or multiple tags and bring that lean, amazing, organic meat home to your family, and of course, get out, live your life, and love it.